Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Life is not about what happens to us. It's about what we do with what happens to us. Resilience is not just about bouncing back after taking a hit. Resilience is the capacity to adapt in the face of threat, tragedy, and trauma. It's about meaning, purpose, and spiritual growth in the wake of adversity. Christian pastor Charles R. Swindle puts numbers on it. Life, he says, is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. It starts with our attitude and it goes from there. Attitude, he writes, is more important than facts, more important than the past, education, money, circumstances, more important than giftedness or skill. We always have a choice about which attitude we embody. And our attitude literally affects our bodies. Studies have proven that our perception of our age has a direct impact on our life expectancy. While we're born with different capacities to cope with stress and anxiety, the good news is that resilience is not something we either have or don't have. Resilience is based on a set of skills, including thoughts and behaviors, that we can choose to improve and deploy. Resilience doesn't mean we won't be wounded or scarred by tragedy but it means we can heal, recover, and go on. And here's some good news. It turns out that we build the muscles of resilience by being exposed to adversity. Not that we want to seek it out, but facing adversity head on can strengthen our resilience. This morning, after taking a deep dive into the science of resilience over these past weeks, I want to share my Cliff's Notes with you, the playbook for building resilience. But first, I want to tell you a story that really got me thinking about what it means to thrive rather than merely survive. Angie Monzio um, begins her story on July 17, 1989. She's 20 years old, newly married, and seven months pregnant. Impossibly, she is sitting with two detectives in the interrogation room of the local police station. One of them tells her that her husband has planned and carried out the murder of his own father. She's shattered. Everything about my young adult life and everything I trusted about it were gone, she says. The path was obliterated. 
As much as I wanted to move forward, reminders of that day were inescapable. For the next several years, salacious Sunday paper headlines and evening news stories about his case were a regular occurrence. Sometimes journalists would take pity and leave my name out of print. Other times, they would not. Sordid details of the act and the dangers I faced were revealed. He was tried and sentenced to life in prison. My hometown community whispered. My faith community judged. My friends walked away. But in that time of darkness, my beautiful child was born. I began to see that I had options for my life and for hers. Finding those options was a process and it was not easy. It required me to step out of complacency and into action. Being strapped with all of the financial obligation of the divorce and fighting over debts he had incurred equipped me to use my voice in a new, assertive way. I faced overwhelming emotional fallout betrayal, loss of trust, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear. For the first time, I was truly choosing to happen to life rather than letting life happen to me. I was choosing resilience. My desire to move forward turned me, turned me into a need to move forward. And as I took responsibility to shape my future and that of my daughter, I began to see every place where I had a choice in what our lives would become. Angie Monzio has now been married for 25 years. She and her husband have raised three strong, independent daughters. She and her oldest daughter graduated from college together. With each challenge to resilience, she says, resilience is strengthened. I decided I would not be a victim. I decided that my life would be a life of victory. Here are three things science tells us about building resilience. First, connect. Whatever's going on, it's very important that we stay in touch. There's nothing wrong with a little solitude as we metabolize our feelings, but when we isolate, the risk of developing PTSD actually increases dramatically. Resilient people know they can't meet every challenge alone. No, relying on others is not a sign of weakness, quite the opposite. It takes courage to ask for help, and needing help simply means we're human. When the going gets rough, reach out, connect. Second, focus on what you can change. As we all know, focusing on what we can change starts with accepting the things we cannot change. Acceptance is not about giving up. It's about coming fully into the present. As Zorba, Zorba the Greek says, the full catastrophe of the present. And turning our attention to what we can do to make it better. 
we might think we can regulate a situation by ignoring it or getting angry, blaming ourselves, pushing people away, or wallowing in pain. But none of that works for long. And resilience is not improved by masking our pain with alcohol, drugs, or other substances. In Man's Search for Meaning, Austrian Holocaust survivor and psychiatrist Viktor Frankl famously wrote, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Focus on what you can change. And third, say thank you for the challenge. Those of us who view stressors as a challenge and an opportunity to grow as opposed to perceiving them as a threat are likely to cope better. Practicing gratitude always helps. Look for the meaning. Be grateful to those who are going through it with you and do what you can to help them out in return. Say thank you for your optimism, courage, grit, forgiveness, love, and sense of humor. Say thank you for the challenge. On American writer Anne Lamott's 49th birthday, she woke up beyond depressed at the state of the world. It's all hopeless, she writes. I decided I would eat myself to death. However, after I had a second cup of coffee, I realized there was no food in the house. I drove to the market. I flirted with everyone in the store, especially the old people, and I lightened up. When the checker finished ringing up my items, she looked at my receipt and cried, hey, you've won a ham. I felt blindsided by the news. It was very disturbing. What on earth was I going to do with 10 pounds of salty pink eraser? Wow, I said. The checker was so excited about giving it to me that I pretended I was too. How great. A bagger was dispatched to the back of the store to get my ham. I stood waiting anxiously. I wanted to get home. But for some reason, I waited. If God was giving me a ham, I'd be crazy not to receive it. Maybe it was the ham of God who takes away the sins of the world. With feigned cheer, I put it into my grocery cart and walked to the car, trying to figure out who might need it. I thought about chucking it out the window near a field. I was so distracted that I crashed my cart smack into a slow-moving car in the parking lot. I started to apologize when I noticed that the car was a rusty wreck and that an old friend was at the wheel. We got sober together a long time ago and each had a son at the same time. She opened her window. Hey, I said, how are you? It's my birthday. Happy birthday, she said, and she started crying. She looked drained and pinched. And after a moment, she pointed to the gas gauge of her car. I don't have money for gas. I've never asked for help from a friend since I got home or sober, but I'm asking you to help me. I have money you can have. I said, no, no, I just need gas. She said, I've never asked for a handout. It's not a handout, I told her. It's my birthday present. I thrust a bunch of money into her hand, all the money I had. And then I reached in my shopping heart and held out the ham to her like a clown doffing flowers. Hey, I said, do you and your kids like ham? We love it, she said. We love it for every meal. She put it in the seat beside her, firmly, lovingly, as if she were about to strap it in. And she cried some more. 
Let's close with a poem by American Unitarian Universalist poet Lynn Unger. On the other side. Through the looking glass, down the rabbit hole, into the wardrobe, and out into the enchanted forest where animals talk and danger lurks and nothing works quite the way it did before, you have fallen into a new story. It is possible that you are much bigger or smaller than you thought. It is possible to drown in the ocean of your own tears. It is possible that mysterious friends have armed you with magical weapons you don't yet understand, but which you will need to save your own life and the world. Everything here is quite foreign. Nothing quite makes sense. That's how it works. Do not confuse the beginning of the story with the end. Beloved spiritual companions, may we choose not to give up or give in. Choose to happen to life rather than let life happen to us. I commend to you the spiritual practice of building resilience. Connect, focus on what you can change. Say thank you for the challenge. May our lives be lives of victory. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Our benediction comes from Congregation Bethel in Sudbury, Massachusetts. We gather in the chill of winter, finding warmth from each other, nourishing hope where reason fails. Grateful for miracles large and small, let us rejoice in the wonder of making light in the darkness. May we make light in the darkness. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ascboston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.